0: Hey guys, welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten podcast. Joining me on the show today is Douglas Backham. He is the CEO and founder of ShiftCrypto.ch forward slash Bitten. Yes, the show sponsor designed, well, helped design with the team, obviously, uh, the Bitbox O2 Bitcoin-only edition hardware wallet. And we go into exactly why they designed it the way they did and all of the features that it has but we also go into Douglas's background, and it's pretty damn fascinating. Definitely check this one out. Now, we will be doing a giveaway of a Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. That is to be announced in about a week's time. It's gonna be in conjunction with Fountain Podcast. You can go and download the app. It's going to be your go-to app for listening to podcasts. Go check them out, start playing around with it, and I'll release the idea behind the giveaway next week where you will be able to win one of these hardware wallets. Meanwhile, please check out the other show sponsors because you can stack with coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten, Bitcoin-only exchange. You can use your euros or pounds to get into some Bitcoin. In Europe, you can use uh, Relay R-E-L-A-I dot C-H forward slash Bitten. And across the pond, you can use swanbitcoin.com forward slash Bitten. Please make sure you're stacking. Set up your auto buys or your DCAs or your fiat cost average buys. Make sure you are always stacking whenever you can. Do not use margin. Do not use leverage. Just stack and hold. And then get that on the Bitbox, because you're going to love this interview with Douglas. Take care, guys. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey, guys. Welcome to the show and welcoming Douglas Backham from Shift Crypto. Douglas, how you doing, man?
1: Very good. Thanks a lot for having me.
0: Can you hear us okay?
1: Yeah, I can hear you fine.
0: Excellent. Cool. Well, Lauren, will you uh, want to kick off this interview and ask Douglas the uh, the first question?
1: Yes. So
0: what is Shift Crypto?
1: Hi, Lauren. Um, Great. Thank you for the for the nice question. So Shift Crypto is a company. Um, It's a company I I founded with a number of other people. And we're a a company in the Bitcoin space and we make hardware wallets. Uh, We do that in Switzerland. Uh, We do everything in Switzerland, Swiss made. and we uh, sell those to people all around the world. And we think that hardware wallets are the safest way, the best way to hold cryptocurrencies. And uh, that's why we make hardware wallets. Okay. Do you have a follow-up? What do you mean? Uh, do you have another question? Uh, no. no.
0: No? You don't want to ask what a hardware wallet is? I, I know you've been holding it and looking at it. You think it's pretty cool?
1: I think a uh, hardware... Can I just think what it is? Yeah, sure. What, what, what you do you can, think it is? And then, and then Douglas yeah. can help us.
0: Um, so I think it's why you like keep your Bitcoin safe. That's what I think.
1: Okay. Any yeah. Anything to add there, Douglas? I, I think that's a good answer. Yeah. If you don't want to get your Bitcoins stolen by someone else, then in my opinion, the best way to do that is with a hardware wallet. And uh, Shift Crypto makes the BitBox hardware a lot. So I think um, if you're interested in keeping your Bitcoin safe, check it out. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No problem. See you later. Yep. See thank you. Years, Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Okay, Douglas. Yes. Very nice shill.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks to your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've got to be, um, you know, a, a, a huge thanks as well to to the team that reached out to me, uh, you guys that um, are helping you, you know, build the company and um, were very interested in supporting the show. Uh, big, uh, big thanks to, to you guys for supporting the probably lesser known podcasters in, in the space. And I know you um, started supporting John Vallis as well. And I think Guy... Um, although those guys are giants, so you know it's. Uh, I'm I'm very humbled by um by by the approach. So yeah, thanks and thanks for building what you've what you've built here. It's uh, it's a pretty neat neat piece of kit, and yep. I'll, I'll give you some live feedback. Actually, a bit of fun, <laughs> a bit of fun, <laughs> a, a little uh, a DM from um our boy Bubba. And if you're listening, Bubba, you're probably driving your 16 wheels up and down the uh, Nevada desert right now. <laughs> He texted me uh, the first time he heard me shill uh, the Bitbox O2 on, on one of my episodes and it reads like this, hey man, heard your show with Colin, really good. I also heard Bitbox as a sponsor. It truly is the best, most secure and end-to-end encrypted open source and best user experience out there. I just got to pause for a breath because Bubba is a boomer and when I first met him, he told me...
1: Oh, Dan, I don't know any of this shit,
0: <laughs> any of this technology shit. And now listen to that sentence. This is how quickly people are falling down the rabbit hole. So he goes on. I think it's better than any other, I won't name the, the other uh, hardware wallets he he chose to use. Um, it kicks their asses sideways. Every time you plug it in, it checks the computer for malicious shit and the wallet itself. Passphrase accounts, tool proxy, coin control, and connect to a node. I only tell you all of this because, well, put a little oomph behind that sponsorship. You sounded asleep, just giving you a kick <laughs> up the butt. So, Bubba, <laughs> thanks for the live feedback, Bubba. I got that a few weeks back, as said uh, on the first show that he he heard it. But one, I'm I'm absolutely amazed at how quickly he's falling down the rabbit hole and taking control of his coins and you know using the language that he's using in that DM. Um, and you guys have built something very, very solid here that the community are very impressed with. So, congrats!
1: Wow, that's um, yeah, that's a lot. Uh, uh, thanks a lot, Bubba, for those words. Um, j- just disclaimer: uh, we 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 don't know Bubba. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Yeah, he sound he sounds like a professional. Um, so that's pretty awesome. How you know people get interested in Bitcoin? You know how how how, how uh, I guess, you know, uh, amazing it can be for people and you can really fall down the rabbit hole and, you know, it says, it says a lot for, um, uh, you know, just the the new people in the space. Also, if you want to get interested in, in Bitcoin, you know, it sounds really, really complicated and like Bubba's words make it sound really complicated, but actually it's, uh, in my opinion, I, I think it's a lot simpler than uh, traditional finance in a lot of ways. Uh, and so it doesn't take too long to get stuck down in this rabbit hole and you can, you can uh, go pretty far also. And so I think um, uh, one of the reasons we started the company was to uh, try to make it easy for people to, to get involved in the space and really easy to become, you know, quite comfortable and, and go into these expert level settings. Um, I'm impressed. He, he mentioned all these, uh, I guess what we call, yeah, yeah. The expert settings, the, the pro settings, um, uh, but even, even then you know, we our, our team is quite uh, yeah, quite quite involved in the space, but we're also quite trying to focus on making it uh, really easy for people to get involved. Um, and so it's uh, it's ni- nice to hear that feedback. Thanks.
0: No problem. And I think it would be a cool idea to actually, I mean, I've not done a hardware wallet show in a, in a long time, um, but it might be a good time to, to start going through what one is and, and how it works and why it's important because... Yeah. You know, the, the show is probably now, what, like 15 months old, so I would have done one earlier on, but since then, a lot more people are coming to the space and trying to learn about what they are and whatever else. So we will we will get into that, but first of all, I, I kind of want to learn a little bit more about yourself and yeah. your arc down the rabbit hole, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what drew you in, and uh, it, yeah, w- what were you doing in a, a previous career, because uh, yeah. th- th- there, there's got to be a story behind that.
1: Yeah, I guess it's, it's a lot easier to get uh, deeper in the rabbit hole these days uh, compared to when I started. It took, took a bit longer. Um, but uh, just, just before I, I jump in there, I also want to just uh, uh, address that, um, yeah, uh, some of your work. So I mean, we, we researched a lot around the different podcasters in the space and we we're quite impressed by, by the stuff you're doing. So it's an honor for us also to, to help you out and uh, help your cause too. Um, Thank you. you know, I was also, yeah, just just researching. I was also quite amazed by um, uh, uh, your life story a bit, also with uh, traveling around for many years, just uprooting your family and your three kids and exploring the whole world. Yeah, quite quite interesting. So, if if your listeners aren't aware of that, check out his website. And there's uh, another whole another rabbit hole you can drop down. <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> certainly <laughs> is.
1: Um, so, but. Yeah, for me, uh, let's see, where did the rabbit hole start? I guess it was 2013 when I first saw the word Bitcoin. Um, And interestingly enough, I was in Tokyo at the time. Uh, And it was uh, plastered across the front page, big letters of one of the main newspapers in in Japan. And, you know, uh, I can't read Japanese, uh, but there in English was Bitcoin. That's strange. Uh, it's like, okay, a cursory look is like, okay, some kind of money. Why, why are they talking about like some monopoly money on, you know, the front page of a, a well-respected newspaper? Uh, and so, yeah, I immediately, um, uh, started researching it. Uh, it's like, okay. Uh, I started realizing that, uh, you know, some of the things kind of make sense. And yes, about my background, um, I've actually been in academia my whole life, uh, Got a PhD in neuroscience, uh, some degrees in engineering before that, mechanical engineering, robotics and AI and things like that. So I've always been, uh, I guess, attracted to you know, uh, new things, uh, you know, understanding new things, uh, inventing new things, things like that. And so uh, one of the biggest things about Bitcoin that caught my attraction was it solved the, uh, an unsolved problem in, in computer science and information theory, which was the Byzantine generals problem. Um, which is basically, to put it simply, it's just, uh, how can you trust someone, like, in in terms of Bitcoin, how can you trust someone else on the internet to actually send you money? Uh, And it's, they did it, they didn't, like, send the same money to someone else. Uh, And Bitcoin solved this in a very elegant way. Uh, The Byzantine generals had the same problem where, say, you have a a bunch of uh, generals in a war, you want to attack a city, but you need to do it all at the same time, otherwise, you'll, you'll lose. Uh, So how do you, know if uh, the information from the other generals is correct, like attack at this time or not, or if it was planted by the enemy to try to get one general to attack so that they can be defeated. And so, yeah, it's interesting. Bitcoin solved it in a really special way. And I was like, okay, pretty, pretty quickly I saw, okay, this is, yeah, there's a lot that can be done with this. Uh, and then to me, it wasn't a matter of um, yeah, if, if Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies are gonna work, it was just a matter of when, and it's just an implementation problem. Uh, and so, um, that was early on. And so that I guess caught my, caught my attention. Um, you know, and, you know, starts pushing you in the back of your, back of your mind to, you know, maybe, maybe you can do something to help that. So I I guess that was the seed that was planted in my head.
0: What were you doing in Japan? What, what was life like in Tokyo?
1: Yeah. So, um, I actually spent two years as a postdoc at the university of Tokyo. So doing, doing neuroscience research, um, that was a bit earlier. So I was back just visiting. Um, and yeah, so I, after my, after I got my PhD in neuroscience, it's actually neuroengineering. um, went and, uh, went to university Tokyo to do some, some more work over there.
0: So when when you see what Elon's doing with the plant and the chip, and is this the kind of stuff you're talking about? Neuroscience, AI, were you were you deep down that, that rabbit hole?
1: Yeah, so uh, actually what they're doing is quite related to the field I was doing. So I have a lot of, uh, yeah, I could probably teach a semester on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so my, my research was really... Uh, called basic science so like fundamental things um, so less application but more trying to understand uh, fundamental phenomenon and I would grow um, neurons so brain cells real neurons in a glass dish and It was a very special glass dish it had a lot of electrodes attached to it um, and one way neurons communicate with each other is with electricity and so this is also the, the foundation of Neuralink Elon's company um, and if you have electrodes you can listen to what the neurons are saying to each other and interestingly at the same time you can also say something back to them um, just by giving a voltage pulse back to them and so my my research was to try to understand what language neurons use to talk to each other how how that could lead to learning and memory and things like that and so I actually um, um, uh, did some interesting experiments where uh, we'd actually re-embody these neurons, so basically give them a robotic body, and then we tried to see if they could learn something about uh, this the simulated environment that they're controlling. Because uh, there's some theories that you know the brain um, it only makes sense uh, if you consider it uh, as one is one system with the environment and as one system with your body, because that's how it evolved. It evolved to control your body in an environment, and so. Uh, The process of the brain is really tuned to, you know, it's obvious, right, to surviving in the world. Uh, And so in order for some of the learning and memory phenomenon to work, you also need to give it uh, a body that actually operates in some kind of environment.
0: Holy shit, man. We, we, I didn't expect to find us down <laughs> this rabbit hole. <laughs> this, this is a whole
1: other rabbit hole I'll yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But it's fascinating. You know? It's like I'm speaking to the real-life Dr. Haffer, <laughs> Steve Martin from The Man with Two Brains. Um, so if we just stay on this AI path, I've never spoken to anybody very deeply about this ever before, um, somebody, at least never somebody that actually knows what they're talking about. Um Where do you sit on the fence of, on which side of the fence, you know, AI AI is bad, it's going to kill all the humans and, you know, the robots are coming for us or AI is a necessary evil, or this is something that's going to carry humanity forward. What's kind of the, what you've seen from inside the walls?
1: Yeah. um, So, um when when I was doing, before neuroscience, I was doing mechanical engineering, and uh, I was very interested in robotics and AI. Um, and th- this was a while ago, um, and at the time, but I think it's still true. Uh, I thought that the existing algorithms for AI were extremely, extremely primitive. So, I mean, they can do powerful things, but still very, very primitive, very, very simple rules. Um, I think they're still that way, uh, although I'm not, I'm not quite up to date. Um, And so that was a big reason that I decided to switch from mechanical engineering to neuroscience is because I thought, you know, there's a lot more to learn about what intelligence is. Uh, And so the best way to figure that out is to go to neuroscience and try to figure out how the brain actually does things. Uh, And so I did that. um, And the idea was always to come back to AI uh, and kind of apply some of the the rules or the the things that I learned. Um, but yeah, there, you know, there's rabbit holes in life um, that you get yourself caught into. And so I think, uh, yeah, now I'm in the, bi- the Bitcoin rabbit hole. Um, but I think as far as your question, you know, when, once you go into like biology and neuroscience, um, I'm, I'm not sure, but I would say there's probably a lot fewer biologists and neuroscientists who are scared of the singularity or think like AI is going to take over the world. At least in in our lifespans, uh, compared to uh, computer scientists and engineers, uh, and you know the the reason is you start to get into learning what the brain does, and it's 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 immense. It, like it, you can look at the you can try to measure or put some rules in for computation within a single cell, in a single neuron, and it's it's immense. It's it's more than any supercomputer in the whole world, and that's just one neuron. And you have, um, yeah, in your brain, you have more connections between neurons than there are stars in the universe. And so like the computational power that's possible in the brain is immense. Uh, but of course it, it's, it, as I mentioned before, it's evolved to operate in this world. Right. And so I think, you know, getting computers to operate in this world, um, this, uh, complex, complicated, changing world with lots of different variables is, is a challenge. And so I think uh, computers and AI uh, can be very good at specific tasks that you train them for, but if you actually want them to, um, uh, you know, kind of kind of live and survive in the world, it's it's uh, I would say no chance in our lifetime at the moment. Uh, it, never never say never, but I would say it's it's a very underestimated challenge, and I, I think uh, in part it's due to um, the architecture of computers, how they're made. Uh, and you know, there are people that you know program these algorithms even though they let the algorithms run by themselves um, and so on and so on. I think the ethical question is also very interesting. Uh, is it good or bad? Um, I think when it comes to good or bad with technology, um, it's not the right way to frame it. I, I think it's always how um, people apply technology. And so you could like a, a common example is nuclear energy. You can use it to destroy a city or you can use it to power a whole city. You know, is one good or one bad um yeah what what's good or bad about it so uh, it's a question of how people apply it
0: when you were in the neuroscience and looking at the brain and studying that um did you come away with a completely i mean kind of humbled stance on our species
1: uh yeah i guess you could say that so um, Uh, You know, uh, so I'm, I mean, I was an engineer also, so I'm thinking how neuroscience can't be so hard. Um, But yeah, it's, it's completely different. So it's like another analogy I often made was um, engineers, you know, can take, um, you know, rocks and, and gases and they can make people fly, right? Uh, Something that for most of civilization, people didn't think was possible. People can fly, people can go to the moon. Maybe soon they go to Mars, um, and if you look at uh, like nature, uh, so animate objects uh, and biology uh, and evolution and so on, you know these are much more powerful things. And so I, I think it's open to imagination what could actually come out of that.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, it's crazy. that's humbling. Yeah. Um, the, now there's there's a common thread as well with people that I've spoken to finding their way into Bitcoin, that they were mechanical engineers at some point in their in their past um, or have worked in engineering in some way, shape or form, that must, like, is that what, and you came from a computer science. Actually, I've got a question for you. The Byzantine generals problem, is that still being taught as unsolved in um, PhDs and uh, universities or have they updated? <laughs> have they updated and said, and by the way, Bitcoin fixed that or is it still in the curriculum? Do you know? I don't know.
1: <laughs> I'm <laughs> I would, sure they, they'd get a lot of pushback if it's still in the curriculum, I'm sure.
0: I would be, I would, yeah, I'd love to know if anyone's still being taught computer science at school, and, you know, that the double spend problem has not been solved. Think how crazy that is, if it's not. And I mean, the answer's there. Bitcoin has just planted itself straight into the yeah. curriculum of, um, it should have done. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I can't say, I don't know.
0: <laughs> that's that's We've got to find that one out. I'll be very interested. Right, okay, so you, you, you come to Bitcoin. I, I guess it makes sense now that uh, learning about your past that you would go straight to um, kind of uh, hardware, but did you go via software first or via apps? Did you have any other projects that you were trying out? Um, just come straight in for number go up like many of us? <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, so I mean, the people often ask me how, how the heck could you go from neuroscience to Bitcoin? <laughs> Before that, people used to say, how the heck can you go from mechanical engineering to neuroscience? <laughs> um, and I think the the underlying theme probably is, um, uh, it, and I think it's the same for everyone. It's, you know, people want to, uh, want to work on what they think is important. Um, and, you know, I think uh, not everyone gets that chance, but I think everyone could if, if they just really want to do it. Uh, if They want to take a step out of their comfort zone. Uh, and so for me, I was always interested in doing things th- that I thought were important, like that would have some impact on the world that could change the world. So like AI, yeah. Robotics, yeah. Uh, the brain, for sure. Um, and, you know, Bitcoin, I think is, uh, another revolutionary thing. Uh, and so it was, it was, not well, a hard choice for me to, to be interested in that. Uh, and I'd say what inspired me to do a jump was, um, uh, in my academic career, then the next step would be to, to become a professor. Um, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to do that. Um, cause you know, the higher you up you get in academia, the more you kind of see, um, um yeah yeah lift the veil i guess to see see what it's really about um i know your your last podcast uh, that was published at least uh talked a little bit about that also in the sense that um you know it becomes more of a managerial aspect uh you're not not doing science so much you're you're managing other people and it's a lot of politics in universities you have to um Uh, have good ideas you have to convince people you have good ideas and get funding for it you have to convince students you have good ideas so that they join you and do the work uh, and so on Um, and so uh, I was thinking okay that actually sounds a lot like a startup company you need a good idea you need to convince people to to work with you you need some money to fund it Um, and you know there's a there's a different reward ratio at the end if you actually do a good job um and so, okay, um, wasn't sure I want to deal with all the politics, wasn't sure yeah, if I want to have a boss at a university, even if you're a professor, you still have a boss. Um, and so I decided, okay, maybe I'll just try to start start a company. And um, I guess before that, I was also thinking, okay, if I want to get into the, the Bitcoin space, how do I do that? I don't think anyone's going to want to hire a neuroscientist. Um, and so also, you know, if I could start a company, then I can give myself a job. <laughs>
0: So, and then you, um, this is, you're based in Switzerland, right? Yeah. Yep. Right. Okay. So you, you launched the company Shift Crypto and um, this is where we're going to get uh, a talk through the hardware wallet. So why hardware wallet? Why, why did you choose that that was the way that you guys wanted to, you know, spend your time?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So my academic career ended up bringing me to Switzerland at the, the technical university here. Um, and... Yeah, uh, from that I learned some PCB design and things like that um, from the lab I was in. there building tools to study neurons, uh, and with with um, so why why hardware wallets? Uh, let's see when when was this? So 2013, I learned about Bitcoin. Maybe 2014 uh, started getting into hardware wallets. Like, well, oh, maybe even 2013. I forget, um, but I know around that time the concept of hardware wallets existed, but there weren't any on the market. Um, and also around this time, there's a lot of scams with hardware, uh, in particular with uh, mining equipment where um, they ask you to to pre-buy um, mining equipment and then it never gets delivered or the mining company will just use it until, it's, until the difficulty goes up and it's uh, no longer profitable and then deliver it. Um, and so I was like, okay, it doesn't exist. So um, yeah, uh, like, like a lot of things in my life, I just said, okay, I'll try to make it myself. Uh, and so I started designing my own hardware wallet in my s- spare time after studying neurons all day. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and um, it took a while uh, to do that. And then I uh, went to some uh, Bitcoin meetups in Zurich. Um, and yeah, got really great feedback, a lot of encouragement. Uh, and so decided, okay, may- maybe there's there's something here. There's a need. Um, myself, when I got into Bitcoin, uh, I, I could kind of understand some of the security issues with like yeah, just your computer, your mobile phone is just not safe. Just don't trust it. Uh, and so it took me probably a good two weeks until I was actually comfortable holding the first coins that I bought. Uh, had you know an offline computer uh, running Electrum on it, um, and all the tinfoil hat stuff. Uh, and I was like, okay, hardware wallets just—it's basically cold storage but made easy. Uh, and so. Uh, it's a way to do all of that complicated stuff and just make it really, really simple for people. Uh, and so there's an obvious need for that, right? And um, yeah, and I just just decided to get involved. And then I think as far as you know, just turning it into a company rather than a hobby. Um, I think uh, yeah, one of course need need a job, <laughs> but but more so than that. Uh, you know, I've never been motivated by money. I guess you don't you don't become a PhD student if you're motivated by money, I guess. Um, and for me, it was more so about uh, giving people, uh, empowering people. Uh, and so I think uh, there's a lot of, even today, but back then especially, there's a lot of friction in the user experience and getting people involved. Uh, and so I wanted to make something that made it really easy for people. Uh, and so now I think, I think today we've, we've achieved a lot where I think the BitBox wallet um, I would say it's the easiest way to get into Bitcoin in the sense that um, uh, you can just buy it. uh, And once you get it, it's an extremely simple setup. Uh, We focused a lot of attention there. And then inside the app itself, you can buy Bitcoin, so you don't have to go to an exchange or anything. You can just buy BitBox and then you can buy Bitcoin inside the app and you're all set to go. And on the side, of course, you get state-of-the-art security with the hardware wallet. and so. I guess, uh, yeah, my my background a bit. Um, so I grew up in America, um, you know, middle class family. Didn't you know? Didn't have a lot of money, but we're 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 good. We're happy. Uh, good good child life. Um, and I think, you know, you know this stereotypical, um, uh, yeah, American dream kind of thing. Uh, I think I think that does exist. I think it exists in a lot of people. Uh, where you, if, if you really want to do something and you try hard, you have a passion for it, you can do it. Uh, and so I think uh, this that's kind of, that's very empowering. And so I wanted to let other people who maybe um, don't have the means to get in, either if it's technical knowledge or uh, or whatnot, uh, just to give them the power uh, uh, to get involved in this space because Bitcoin itself uh, really is a, a power to the people kind of moment. And I think anytime you can give massive power to people. Uh, you know, there's great advances in society follow. Uh, like the printing press is an example where the vast spread of knowledge, uh, internet, you know, took that into overdrive where, you know, people can really, really, um, uh, you know, self-improve or self-learn dramatically uh, compared to even, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago. Uh, and so I, th- I think Bitcoin uh, does that on a whole whole nother level financially. it will be really interesting what happens
0: yeah, it's going to be so great. Um, I'm so bullish uh, for, for the next 10 years as, as more and more people come to experience Bitcoin and interact with it and figure out what it is and get pulled into their own little rabbit holes and start building things where they get pulled because they feel that drive to do it. It's, mm. you know, I felt it. I started a podcast. I didn't think this would ever happen. <laughs> it's it's nuts. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but but here we are. And it, it changes you in, in so many different ways. Um one one thing I, I, I would like to ask you to try and drive home to the listeners, um, the podcasters, we do a pretty good job of trying to make sure everybody's taking control of their coins, but could you kind of just spell out exactly why, if someone's listening and they've been buying through their app, th- through their app if they've been dollar cost averaging, fiat cost averaging, that's all good, please carry on doing that. But the next step is to take... The coins off of those apps or the exchanges and, and put them onto a hardware wallet. Mm. Can you explain why that's important?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I think there's a number of reasons. One is uh, just plain security. Uh, but then another is also um, uh, tying into some of the ideals of, of Bitcoin itself, uh, the decentralization, uh, censorship, resistance, uh, some, some of these things. Um, and so in terms of security, um, the, the common saying is not your keys, not your coins. Uh, and so there's lots of examples over the years, every year of exchanges getting hacked. Um, or uh, maybe it's not a hack, but it's um, an exit scam um, or uh, possibly an exit scam or just uh, 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 one of the people holding the keys dies, uh, which happened uh, supposedly happened with the Canadian exchange. Uh, last year, where um, the founder was holding the keys, uh, supposedly died in India, and everyone is locked out of their coins. Um, and so the, the whole point here is, um, uh, and I think with Bitcoin also, it's this idea of um, uh, self-responsibility. Uh, and so kind of take control uh, of your coins, take control of your life in, in different ways. Take control of your freedom, um, and it's it's a risk, a counterparty risk if you have coins on an exchange. Um, and so, of course, uh, that's not to say exchanges are all bad. Uh, I think they serve serve a purpose for uh, you know very important purpose for adoption and for providing ramps so people can get involved. Um, but there there's risks, uh, and so. Um, The best way to the safest way to hold coins is with with a hardware wallet. Uh, And so some people, the the other alternative, of course, is um, like a wallet on your phone or on your computer. Um, But yeah, just do a quick Google search of uh, different hacks and zero days against uh, uh, these operating systems. And it's immense. And so people can basically uh, uh, take take your funds. Um, It's just a question of when. Uh, in my opinion, as, and especially as the cryptocurrency value goes up and up, it's going to be a bigger, bigger honeypot. And so hard, how hardware wallets work instead is a hardware wallets basically a, a miniature computer. So let's say a USB stick or a little, little handheld device. And um, your keys, which is what you use to secure your, your coins, um, they're generated on the device itself. And the whole point is to never let these keys leave the device, where they could be seen, or where they could be touched by malware or a hacker or, or whatever. Um, and yeah, and then um, that makes it makes it a lot easier. Makes makes uh, the security a lot easier.
0: And what are the features um, with the? The, the bitbox02 that you guys have put in for for extra, um, to, so yeah, it says here on the box, reduced attack surface, more security. You've, you've obviously done a lot of thinking around uh, the different ways that, that people might be able to you know try and attack these things and, and you guys are fighting back.
1: Yeah, uh, so we we have a quite detailed explanation on our website, shiftcrypto.ch, if you go click on the security tab. Um, and so we do a number of things. Uh, as you mentioned, reduced uh, attack surface. Um, we actually have two versions of the BitBox. Uh, one is uh, a Bitcoin-only version, which has this reduced attack surface. Uh, and another is a multi-version we ha- where we also have some support for Ethereum and tokens and some other coins. Um, and uh, the idea with the Bitcoin-only version is um, uh, to try to... Uh, so there's an, there's a concept in security that... Uh, simplicity uh, is safer uh, because if it's simple, there's less uh, potential attack vectors that can be involved. There's less, um, it's easier to audit the code. It's easier to review the code to find different attack vectors. Uh, and if you add in um, other coins, they have their own uh, cryptographic protocols different than Bitcoin. Um, they have their own um, uh different UX situations. And so you're adding more and more code um, into the device. And uh, the idea is that um, for the safest uh, approach, just get rid of all that extra code so you don't even have to worry about it. Um, and so one, one example, um, a concrete example is uh, U2F. Uh, U2F is a second factor authentication uh, protocol, also called FIDO, uh, where you can use a, a hardware token like the BitBox or some other hardware wallets, or a YubiKey. Uh, YubiKey may be more well known. You can plug it into your computer and you can use it. You can use that as a second factor to log into like Google or Facebook or GitHub or whatever. Um, and in the um, a few years ago now, uh, in the U two F protocol, they actually had um, a buffer overflow bug, uh, which means that um, whenever you use the device, it was possible to leak a few. A little bit of data, a few bytes, and it was never proven if uh, this data was uh, like important or not. But the fact was, um, you could actually leak data out of the device um, uh, if you're using uh, second factor. Uh, and so um, that's been fixed. It's been fixed all across the board. Uh, but you know, it's it's a concrete example that there could be other uh, issues. in, and various uh, uh, different altcoin protocols, and especially a lot of the altcoins, um, uh, com- at least compared to Bitcoin, they have a lot less um, uh, developer resources behind them um, and a lot less eyes looking at them. And so there's there's a chance that things can go wrong.
0: That's why we focus on Bitcoin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, sound money, no less. Um, yeah, so it's um, and you guys, I mean. It's a fun thing to use as well. You, you, you've clearly messed around with the design. Uh, do you want to talk about uh, the, um, the the way it's um, the way it's all been put together and like the design of it?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, we think we we put a lot of thought into the into the BitBox. Um, we actually spent uh, maybe a whole year prior to the BitBox 02. Um, obviously, implies there was a BitBox 01. Um, And so that was released uh, early 2016 uh, on the market. Um, It's now retired, uh, replaced by the Bitbox O2. But through the Bitbox O1, we learned a lot. Um, So we we had a bug bounty program where we got some great feedback also um, and did a lot of uh, security enhancements uh, to that. And when we are designing the Bitbox O2, we took all that knowledge, uh, stuck it in the Bitbox O2, and we actually spent... Uh, maybe, maybe a year um, in the actual design phase of the Bitbox or two, just to um, think very, very deeply about security and the architecture and how to do things. Uh, we contacted, you know, we did it internally with our own experts, but we also contacted, I think, three different uh, security firms to, to get outside opinions also. Uh, and so a lot of thought went into it. And I think um, uh, in security, but also in terms of UX, but with security, um, I think we have a quite unique, uh, I would say superior. Of course, I'm biased, uh, but security model compared to compared to the other hardware wallets due to this process. Um, and again, you can you can read about this on our website. We have a blog post to explain it in more detail. Uh, but I think we really go uh, take security an extra step. Um, and you know that that's one that's one aspect. Uh, but then UX uh, and simplicity in using it uh, is a, another aspect which is equally important. Uh, and so we spend a lot of time trying to make it as simple as possible. Uh, we think, yeah, again, we're biased, but we think we did a good job there, too. <laughs> and yeah, some uh, some things like with, with the BitBox 2 One, one thing we, that was very popular with the BitBox one is um, uh, we use a micro SD card during the setup process. Uh, and this makes it very, very, very fast and basically under the hood to uh, create a wallet. Um, and if you're familiar with other wallets, um, I guess all of them, software wallets, hardware wallets, um, yeah, there's something called a mnemonic, uh, which is basically like a word list, either 12 or 24 words, which represents um, a number, which represents your seed, basically the key to your wallet. Uh, and so all the other um, wallets during the, the creation phase, you have to um, back up this, this word this word list, this mnemonic word list. and What we've heard from users and from our resellers is that this idea of mnemonic anxiety, um, where people, when they're setting up a hardware wallet, it can take them 20 to 30 minutes. And through the whole process, they're extremely stressed about it because they don't really understand what the reason is. Like a mnemonic is kind of a strange word also. Um, Why am I writing down these words? Do I have to do it really carefully? And then you have to very carefully enter all the words back in with the hardware wallet. That's especially difficult because of the limited um, interface. Uh, and so we, we basically eliminate all that with the micro SD card. So we save this mnemonic directly on the micro SD card and call it a backup. And a backup is something that's really easy for people to understand. And so if you set up a wallet with a bitbox, it's going to take maybe a minute uh, compared to 20 or 30 minutes of a lot of stress uh, compared to the others. Um, we, do, we do allow experts to um, also uh, copy the mnemonic. So you can still write it down on a piece of paper as, as an, an additional backup. Um, but we found that this, this was a, a quite popular thing um, just for, for getting, getting running. Um, and the mnemonic anxiety, I think it's both for new users but also experts, too. Um, and yeah, and the, the BitBox itself, uh, uh, we think it's a quite s- slick design. Um, it has uh, another thing that's unique is it has uh, invig- invisible touch sliders. So there's no buttons. uh, And so that's good because buttons can break. A touch slider, it's really hard to break. Uh, And it can be used in very flexible ways. So each side, you can touch it. uh, And it can act as a button or a slider and so on. And doing this, uh, we think the actual um, user input can be a lot faster uh, than the competitors uh, and a lot easier and actually, uh, at least in our opinion, a bit playful, so a bit fun uh, to use also. and definitely more flexible where we can keep improving it in the future. Um, and yeah, what else? So we have a, a USB-C port, a mail port. So you can actually plug it directly into modern computers or you can plug it directly into uh, phones. So um, uh, our our app that interacts with the Bitbox um, uh, runs equally on desktop or on Android, uh, Android phones. Uh, and so it's quite... Quite nice. I think it's a quite nice uh, experience. Just plugging your your bitbox into a phone, and then uh, you're on your way. And, and lots of other things. But yeah, we we spend a lot of time thinking about uh, how to make things as simple as possible. Also,
0: I was going to ask you what what's what's a feature that is, in your opinion, missing at the moment that you'd like to see added, or you you want to try and get on the the next version. What's the future?
1: Uh, let's see. It's perfect. No, that's not true. (laughs) Of course, of course, it can always improve. Uh, And so we're, we're, we're doing a lot right now. Um, I I think the hardware wallet itself is pretty good. Of course, uh, we're thinking about ways to improve that. Um, uh, But a lot of work right now is in, in the software itself. So in the, in the software app, making it simple, making it clear. Um, I think already it's pretty good. But adding in, um, uh, yeah, features that users request. So right now, one thing we're doing is um, we're gonna do some more user testing. And if there's any Bitbox, Bitbox users out there, and you have some ideas for things that can be improved, yeah, please please let us know. We're happy to hear from you. Um, and yeah, just add adding some some simple things like um, allowing multiple accounts. That'll come out very soon uh, in the next release. Um, we added multi-signature capability in our previous release, um, and yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to get into too much detail about, um, uh, yeah, what what we have planned. We have a lot of a lot of things planned, but um, yeah, takes takes a bit of time. Uh, as for the hardware itself, uh, so the Bitbox two, uh, it's not going to get retired. Any uh, no plans for that. Like like with the bitbox one, so that'll be around for a while. Uh, but yeah. Um, in time, um, we'll also want to uh, make a new version of it. Uh, you know, maybe um, have a glass top, uh, a bit higher, higher end uh, build, uh, things like that. Um, maybe add some other uh, uh, secret features. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds very cool. What's um? when you're you mentioned the app, and I've not bought directly Bitcoin through your app yet. But how does that, what's that linked to? Is that linked to an exchange? How, how's that process?
1: Yeah. So, um, so we're, we're not a financial institution, so we need to partner with, uh, another institution that has, um, uh, financial licenses and we partner with MoonPay. Um, and so it's, um, it's not an exchange, uh, but it's, it's basically a fiat on ramp off ramp, uh, so a, a way to convert between fiat and Bitcoin um, and other cryptocurrencies. Uh, and yeah, they're, they're quite great. And so uh, through them, we can offer this service to basically anyone anywhere in the world. Um, and uh, in our app itself, uh, it, it just uh, does a little bit of a portal. So it sends Moonpay some information, and then Moonpay will, will send you some coins. Uh, and of course, uh, anytime you're dealing with legacy system and fiat, Um, there has to be some KYC, know your customer information. So, um, uh, unfortunately that's, uh, kind of unavoidable right now in the space. Um, but you have to give them a little bit of your personal, uh, data and then you can get, get coins back.
0: Very cool. So you're, you're able to just buy straight from the app and that goes straight onto the, um, the wallet, right?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Couldn't be any easier. What's the, um. The scene, like in Switzerland, because there's more and more Bitcoiners very much interested in in moving across there. I was there last Thank August, you. and uh, I met uh, a very cool Bitcoiner couple. Uh, you know who you are, if you're listening. Thank you again. And they were telling me the scene there is just incredible. They're, they're, there's so much work going on. What what's attracting yeah. people and companies to to come to Switzerland and, and building Bitcoin?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, Switzerland is pretty great. Uh, pretty great for that. So uh, it is a small country, uh, but I, I have to admit I'm quite impressed by um, like kind of how they how they do uh, politics, how they do um, kind of uh, how they do government. It actually kind of works. It's efficient. Um, it's a <laughs> surprising revelation. Um, and with respect to uh, Bitcoin, they're also quite progressive. Uh, and uh, so the the local financial agency, uh, the regulators called uh, Finma, um, they're actually quite uh, progressive and proactive. Uh, and so uh, part of their whole process is uh, you know trying to trying to get things to work, uh, as opposed to just saying uh, commanding from from high. They actually work together with you. Um, and try to figure out what what makes sense and things like that. And so I think for a lot of companies that's really attractive. Uh, they have, um, unlike some other countries, there's also a high high respect for uh, cr- uh, cryptography and privacy. Uh, um, whereas like Australia, for example, they want to. I guess they passed a law where they can put backdoors into uh, cryptographic um, communication protocols uh, and things like that. Um, but Switzerland, by, by nature, um, by history, uh, uh, it's it's not really part of the values here. And I think wh- what's really interesting is um, uh, the history of Switzerland itself. And, like it's it's a direct democracy. Um, so there's there's public voting on uh, issues, and that kind of ties. It's like a decentralized direct democracy, which kind of fits, you know, Bitcoin's ideals. And so I think there's a cultural match, a philosophical match. Um, regulatory match in the sense of trying to work together Uh, a lot of the the cantons here the states they want to um, attract crypto companies Uh, and so there's a push to it's called crypto valley um, in between Zurich and Zug Um, uh, and uh, yeah a lot of uh, uh, important developers have passed through here Uh, so even though it's a small country you get a lot of um, yeah uh, important people um, uh, influencers and um, people who influencers and builders that, that come here and yeah, and I, I, guess that's a bit like a snowball uh, like a positive reinforcement where it kind of gets bigger and bigger.
0: Yeah. I was really impressed and I, I want to get across, um, once we can all start moving around again, uh, I know there's a pretty, there's a pretty good solid meetup scene. Is that correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. There is. All
0: over or just in Zurich?
1: Um, uh, yeah, I I can't say the latest since the coronavirus situation has happened. But in in Zurich, there's a very strong meetup scene, and I know on and off there's been um, uh, meetups being pushed in other other cities around uh, Switzerland, like Geneva and and uh, Zug and so on.
0: Cool. Okay, I'll keep an eye on it. All right. Well, Douglas, if you had one orange pill left <laughs> to give to someone, who would you give it to, and why?
1: Oh boy. Ah. Uh interesting question uh who would i give that to yeah probably not elon musk though. he'd be the easy answer right now <laughs> after his tweets um ah good question uh Hmm. Probably someone that can use it to yeah, impact the space in a good way. Who would that be? Would it be a, some government leader or would it be some business leader? I'm not sure. Um, do you have someone in mind? <laughs> 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 uh, Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's just getting people to kind of, yeah, just getting people to kind of open their minds to, to Bitcoin, uh, would be good because there's, there's a lot of, um, yeah, it, it really is a different kind of way to think about things. There's a lot of things that don't quite work. Um, you can't quite think of them the same way. Like, like one technically one of the easy things is uh, w- with backups itself, where people just kind of don't understand it. Where, um, you know, like if if you lose your password on your email account, there's probably a way you can still get into your email account. But with Bitcoin, you know, if you lose your password to your wallet, uh, you might not ever see your coins again. Uh, you know, and so this idea of self responsibility again. Um, and so I think, I think that's, the, that's a feature. It's not necessarily a, a bug, but, you know, getting people to wrap their mind around this um, and the whole, yeah, in the debate right now, the whole energy thing, um, like energy usage with Bitcoin. Um, but I think people aren't thinking uh, deeply enough about it, and how uh, I think that's actually a driver for great change uh, for advancing, you know, incentivizing renewable resources to be used for energy um, uh, in a, in a dramatic way. Um, and so I guess, uh, if I could give the orange pill to someone, it would be, I, d- I don't know who, cause I'm not really into, um, pop culture and, uh, uh, like who, who the, the social media talking heads are and whatnot in, in the broader public space. But I think it'd be nice to find someone like that, uh, who, who people listen to like a, a cultural icon that people listen to and just kind of, you know, don't, don't, don't push it, but just kind of speak, speak truths and speak like how, how this can empower people.
0: Yeah, excellent. And it's, it's, you're so right about, um, it makes you think differently. And it, it makes me think about your neuroscience, like, um, Bitcoin does rewire your brain in a, in a certain way um, it, because everything we've ever known, I mean, classic sailor, like, you know, all your models are broken, but it's not just all your models are broken, right? It's it's all your beliefs are broken too, because everything that you've known up until this point, you can now challenge mm. and you will likely smash that belief mm. pretty quickly.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is another great thing, just like more generally with respect to, yeah, the human nature. So you don't, yeah, don't trust verifier, right? That's the the catchphrase. Uh, and so I think that applies for most things in the world. It's not just not just Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies. Uh, yeah, don't don't necessarily trust people because yeah. Well, once you get down this rabbit hole, like you said, a lot of your beliefs can get smashed. Uh, and so I think this is also. Uh, you know, if if Bitcoin can rewire the brain, uh, uh, rewiring maybe sounds too 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 uh, <laughs> scary. But if it if it can get you to kind of widen your perspective on things, and you know, take a critical critical look at the world around you, uh, not just believe what you read on Twitter or wherever, uh, I think I think that's also a great thing.
0: For sure. All right, Douglas. Where can people reach out and find you if they've got any feedback? Like you said, um, if you got an, um, like get, find you on Twitter or email? What What's the best way?
1: Uh, yeah. So um, I would say the best the best way is uh, our company Twitter account, so Shift Crypto HQ. Um, I'm also on Twitter uh, in in name, if not in activity, too much uh, at <laughs> at Douglas uh, happy to happy to get tweets there, um, and yeah, and and you can learn a lot more about um, um, us at shiftcrypto.ch at the website.
0: Forward slash bitten, by the way. I, yeah. Forward slash bitten. Yes,
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yep. For a five percent discount. Um, so you, you're telling me you, you you have a Twitter account, but you you've managed to keep yourself from shitposting posting on on Bitcoin Twitter. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So I I know. Yeah. Yeah. I I know. But why
0: fun. Douglas? Why <laughs> it's it's so much fun. All well, the uh, the memes you could be throwing out right now.
1: Yeah. Um, it's probably good marketing for us. I I admit that. But uh, I, it's just my nature. I'm more of a uh, uh, what, uh what's the right word? Um, passive or I, I don't know. Um, more reserved. So I, I'm not I'm not really one to kind of. Go spam or shill or you know, try, try to get sucked <laughs> sucked down into those spaces more. Um, more, yeah, kind of my engineering background. I'd ra- much rather do stuff than talk about it. Um, but yeah, we, we do have uh, people in our company who are tr- trying to talk about us also. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, come on, man! I want to see you engineer some some neuroscience memes, like uh, really <laughs> obscure ones, linked somehow to Bitcoin and and uh, neuroscience and the work that you were doing. That would be great. And I'm sure Elon would pick up on it and uh, retweet to his one million followers uh, and talk about Bitcoin instead of Doge, because he's doing he's doing nobody any favors right now.
1: <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's kind of convincing.
0: Excellent. All right, mate. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks for all your work, and thanks for building the uh, the BitBox O2. It's uh, it's a brilliant piece of kit. Great.
1: Yeah. Thanks a lot. It was a, it was a fun fun conversation. Take care, mate. You too.
0: Bye bye. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening, and thank you, Douglas, for coming on the show again. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we are going to do a competition where a BitBox O2. Bitcoin-only edition hardware wallet will be given away. Make sure you've downloaded the Fountain podcast app available on Google uh, Play and available on iOS, Apple. Start listening to a few of your podcasts, your favorite podcasts there. Get used to it because this is going to be a key aspect of the giveaway coming up in about a week's time. You've had fair warning. It's a great piece of kit, like I said at the end there. Uh, I definitely urge you to check it out. If you uh, don't fancy your chances on winning, you can use shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten to get a 5% discount. If this is gonna be your first wallet, there's no better time to start stacking or taking your stack, excuse me, off an exchange or off of any of the apps that you've been using and get them safely put on one of these devices it's really key that you do that guys like um, we're not messing about when we say these kind of things other podcasters say it as well if you're listening around all the other different guys out there the advice is not your keys not your coin get them off the exchange get them into your control do not delay please you can use the other show sponsors to help you stack coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten and relay.ch forward slash bitten thanks for listening guys i look forward to the next show take care